welcome phoenix podcast jujitsu people and stuff <laughs> uh yeah so welcome to the podcast uh brought to you by phoenix jujitsu daniel Friedel, jason beber and our guest today is absolutely no one yeah let's give a big hand <clears throat> Just me and Daniel today, folks. So for our uh, now 14 listeners, we'll probably go back down to a, about 12, I would think. And because, um, well, does your mom listen to the podcast? No. Yeah, my mom doesn't either. I feel like she would. She, like, she just I mean, wouldn't. I know mom would. I just told her not to. So. My, my mom is, uh, is almost 70, so she wouldn't know like how to, you know, she wouldn't, she'd be like, what What do you want me to do with this thing? You know, oh, like, that was my mom. Like she doesn't know how to get on a podcast yeah when i told her i was doing a podcast she's like well how do i listen to it i was like don't worry you don't need to you don't <laughs> also um uh, i'm not trying to talk a bunch of trash about my mom but uh she mm-hmm. she has interesting views of like the internet so uh she thinks you're famous if you're on youtube nice. like, like like to her it's just tv i yeah. mean i'm not saying she's a dummy and she don't understand the difference but what yeah. i'm saying is like you know she she doesn't always remember that you can you know, you can be on YouTube like from your phone. Yeah, she could be on YouTube yeah, in five yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she would never. She would. Ne- she'd be like, I don't. Yeah, I look. Look, uh, I don't want to get dressed up. I'm like, Mom, what are you dressing up for? It's YouTube. What are, What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the purpose of YouTube. Yeah, you do it in your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So went to this car show. Uh. I used to be. I was as crazy about cars and hot rods and motorcycles and stuff as I am now about jujitsu, and I went to this. Um car show in uh winston i think winston salem uh north carolina and it's they have it every year fourth of july it's mm-hmm. called the heavy rebel weekender and it's like a whole weekend of like rockabilly bands and counterculture and tattoos and you know they do like yeah. a pinup girl show and like it's mm-hmm. a interesting counterculture lifestyle thing and so one year and uh they always have like a, a mud pit for wrestling in yeah so one year I got just trashed on like a ton of PBRs, and my and I was walking. Of course you did. I know. I hate PBRs too. I just drank. I don't know. Everybody was. You know, that's it's like yeah. the only beer you can get there. It's sponsored PBRs. by PBR. Yeah. yeah. So I was walking. We you know the band plays like right above the mud pit. They've got like a little stage, and then in front of the in front of the the band is like the mud pit mm. i assume they want to encourage you know young attractive ladies to to you know roll around in the mud well unfortunately <laughs> they got you well I, I didn't volunteer for this <laughs> so my buddy like as i'm walking away basically like runs up behind me and he was far bigger than me and he just like uh body locks me around the waist and like hoist me up on his shoulder mm-hmm. and i mean i'm wearing my my boots and my jeans and my t-shirt and yeah. got my wallet in my pocket and like everything right uh so fortunately i didn't i had like an old shitty phone at the time so yeah he like I, I told him i knew what he was doing i was like when i get in when i get in this mud you are going to get muddy and hurt for sure so like he you know he, ha 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 he like dumped me in the mud and then when mm-hmm. i got a hold of him i drug him into the mud pit <laughs> and like just head snapped him face down into the mud and you know like then like a bunch of other people started coming in, so it was like a, a wrestling tournament, like in the mud pit, <laughs> and I was trashed, and everybody else was too. Mm-hmm. And so uh, somebody had recorded this on YouTube, and and like two or three months later, my mom's like, "Oh my God, you're famous!" I was like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Have you seen YouTube?" 
uh, yeah, mom. Like, <laughs> I, I know what YouTube is. Well, you're on YouTube. I was like, uh, and? Like, where, where's this story going, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so finally I, like, found the video, and it's, like, 15 seconds of me grappling some dudes in the yeah. mud. And I was like, uh, I don't think that's famous, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know? Yeah. We had hmm. fun grappling in the mud drunk. Would have been nice if like there were more chicks idea. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could definitely see that. My ex-wife wasn't so interested in grappling in the nasty mud. <laughs> that would be my big thing, man. Hot, sunny day, little oh, yeah. kiddie pool full of mud and a bunch of drunk people. That's not a place you want to be. No, no, no. It was um, it was like a um, they'd made it out of hay bales. So they like took, um, I don't know, it was probably like, four hay bales square so each side had like the width of four hay bales and it was two hay bales tall yeah and then it was lined with plastic and then like a bunch of like it was uh, like a redneck slip and slide yeah yeah but so they bought like potting soil and and threw it in there and then like put made it like knee deep of water it was man my pockets were full of (laughs) mulch my ears my (laughs) everything whatever i'm not going to go through the list but everything was totally dirty like dirty mm. dirty no. and then like going back to the hotel just fall down drunk trying to get clean and and being mad because i was thrown in the mud pit and stuff <laughs> i was i was a mess <laughs> yeah. good yeah. times good times good times any mud pit stories for you daniel hopefully no. they, there were some women involved no no mud pit stories plenty of mud holes but that's more like four wheel and just drinking out in the woods and stuff is that what is that what people do? Mm. People just go drinking them in the mud. I don't understand. Well, you gotta think like half of my childhood was spent on a thirty-five acre ranch where we had a creek. So whenever we had parties, we would just go down to the creek, and you know the deepest part of the creek was maybe hip deep. Yeah, and that was like twelve square feet. The rest of it was knee deep. Right. So me and my cousins would fight in the creek and stuff, but never like big presentations. <laughs> it was just a shit faced on whatever we get our hands yeah. on. Hanging out at night. The only, I would say the best part about the my, my mud pit experience uh, was that there was a, I don't remember the name of the band, but there's a really good rockabilly band playing, like literally mm-hmm. like, you know, four feet above us because they were on a, on like a, a loading dock yeah. and the, the hay bales were like right below the loading dock. Yeah. So like we got, we had a really good soundtrack to grapple to and I, That's pretty and cool. I in my yeah. drunken state, I, one of the one of the guitar players had like um like a remote uh link to his amp, so he didn't yeah. have to like have it plugged in. So he like came bebopping down the stairs, like playing his music, and then he like got over close to the mud pit, and I was like, "Bro, if you get over here, you're getting dirty." <laughs> <laughs> and he must have saw my intentions because he like yeah. looked at me and he like shook his head, and I was like, "Oh yeah," and then he <laughs> he like went back up to on the stage. I was uh-huh. like, "Yeah, your really expensive guitar might be damaged." <laughs> so what is rockabilly? Like I've heard the term before, but like, what are some examples of a rockabilly band? Well, so there's a difference between rockabilly as a culture and then like rockabilly as a band. Okay. So uh, probably the the most um, uh, popular thing that you may have heard of is uh, the Brian Setzer Orchestra or the Stray Cats, which Brian Setzer used to be a part okay. of. So like, the music that they play is like what what hardcore uh rockabilly kids would call trash (laughs) (laughs) okay but but just for the layman that's like a good you know they're like uh 
imagine like a, a revamped version of like, or, or like a stylized version of 50s music. Okay. So, you know, songs about cars and girls and fights and drag races and motorcycles and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like, it's meant to sound not necessarily old, but like stylized version of old. Like, okay. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I got you. I just have to check it out. Okay. So what's the difference between the bands and the culture? Well, so the culture kind of revolves around that music. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, and I'm being stereotypical here, but I would say a lot of tattoos, uh, if it's 110 degrees outside, they're still going to wear jeans with the bottom of them. Like they buy their jeans like too long and then yeah. roll them up at the bottom on purpose. Always, yeah. always, always have to wear like engineer boots. Those like black motorcycle boots. Oh yeah. Like it doesn't matter how hot it is. You have to wear those. Um, a white t-shirt, you know, cigarettes rolled up in the sleeves, like uh, big, Big like pompadour, like slick back. So like some uh, grease lightning and shit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the movie okay. Grease is like a a really teeny bopper version of uh like the counterculture that is um rockabilly. Oh okay. Like you know how Grease was made in like the, I don't know I think it was made in the seventies or something. <clears throat> I've never seen the oh, movie. I literally couldn't think of the name. That's why I say Grease Lightning. Well, yeah. That movie <laughs> is like it's nothing like the fifties. It's like kind of like a cartoon version of the 50s. Okay. So, so yeah, odds are it's made a couple of decades after. Sure. Yeah. So Rockabilly is like like a an even more cartoonish version of like 50s culture. Okay. So, um, you know, they buy old ratty cars and I, I don't want to say fix them up because they go out of their way to make them as not fixed up as possible. Like, they're called rat rods, and like yeah. the whole goal is to have a car that looks like it shouldn't be on the road, but actually is. And they like that's not they wouldn't tell you that's the goal, but they yeah. go out of their way to make things like as shitty as possible and be like, man, that's you know that's old school. I'm like, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> Dang. Uh, paint is frowned upon. You know, like if you got something, if you like have something really nice and it's painted, people will talk shit about you. <laughs> that's interesting so they just like let it rust or they like it has want to be like them. faded yeah. paint well they want them with patina as it's called they want patina. like yeah they want like this weathered non-restoration uh, look and then they it, they okay. glue a bunch of gaudy shit to them and not all of them but some yeah. you know there's like any like with any uh, subculture there's like little subcultures inside of that so there's people that really only care about the cars and there's people who couldn't tell you anything about a car, but they dress up, you know, with this tattooed fifties look. And then there's people that only care about the music and in, you know, there's just all these little clicks inside of it. Okay. But, you know, I didn't really care about that. I just, I liked old cars and drag racing and shit. So I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my life about a decade ago. (laughs) Okay. So what got you out of that and into well, I think we've already talked about what why are you interviewing me. I'm not interviewing you. I'm asking direct questions. <laughs> I know, but it oh seems like God. your interview. You're like, no. okay, check that one off the list. Now, why? Why are you? No, but like, what got you out of cars? Because you used to own a repair shop. I owned a body like, shop. You still kind of work on cars here and there. No, I do not. I would go out of my way to never work on another well, I mean, car. Up until a couple of years ago, I know one of your side jobs yeah. was yeah. helping a guy out. Well, even shop. even yeah. a couple months ago, but I just. Yeah. I think just burnout, man. Like, 
it is a very expensive hobby with very little return. So oh, I can 100% see that. So yeah. so think about jujitsu. I mean, you know, 80 to 180 bucks a month for your dues depends on like where you live, right? Yeah. And then like, what do you got to buy? Like a gi, uh, some, some shorts. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, some shorts. You don't even have to have rash guards. You can just <clears throat> wear a tank top or a t-shirt, t-shirt yeah. or whatever. Um, so it's a, a, a very affordable hobby to be mm-hmm. into. Um, any, anything that goes fast. So either, so like for me, I didn't really care so much about my, my car stuff took like a, uh, an evolution. So originally I cared about uh, when I first got into old cars, I wanted like cars to be real pretty mm-hmm. and that my pretty cars, I started making faster and the yeah. faster they got, the less pretty they became. Mm-hmm. And the less practical they became. So, mm-hmm. so as an example, probably the car that most of the people that know me from that time uh, remember the most is a 1962 Impala that I had, and it was immaculate. I mean, it was I had restored it, I painted it myself, I <clears throat> had the interior redone, I bought a bunch of nice wheels and tires, I rebuilt the motor. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Yeah. And then. Um, <clears throat> I started making it faster and and a, a 62 Impala weighs like 5,100 yeah, pounds, tank, right? Dude. So it's real hard to get that car to go real fast. Yeah. But like my car was pretty fast and I started, yeah. I mean, more and more, I you know, had a whole bunch of nitrous and a, a power glide and trans brake and a bunch of other technical stuff that, that, you yeah. know, makes them go faster. Yeah. But then you couldn't drive it to the beach. You like mm-hmm. literally it, you know, it only ran on 120 octane fuel, which cost you like, at that time, six dollars a gallon, which which back then gas was like a dollar fifty a gallon. Yeah. So that was like you know your whole paycheck with, no, with with a tank of gas to drive it up and down Highway seventy at night and holler at girls and whatnot. Yeah. And then like the the faster it becomes, the less uh, the less it's like a car. The more it's like a boat that you just yeah. take out when you have to. Mm-hmm. And then. Uh, traded it for a 49 Mercury, which was the last kind of race car that I had. And, mm. uh, you know, m- spent more and more and more and more and more money on that. And here's a good example. I used to drag race on the street for money. I raced a guy. Um, I raced a guy. I think his name was Shane. He had a, like a 89 Fox body Mustang with a five mm. or with a 377 cubic inch small box Chevrolet in it. Yeah. I broke. I was winning and broke the transmission in my car, so I lost a hundred dollars because yeah. I mean, like you know, he won the race. Yeah. So I had to pay this man a hundred dollars. Then I had to call my buddy to come get it with a rollback, take it back to my house. So there's another hundred dollars. Yeah. Then it cost me like twenty two hundred dollars to put my transmission back together, mm-hmm. and then a whole week's worth of like slaving out in oh. the garage all night, and then the, the following Friday I was ready to race again. That's so insane to me. Yeah, and think about, I mean, mm. I, where did yeah. I get that money? I, I, I mean, I wasn't stealing things or selling drugs or anything. Right. I just worked my ass off to pay for this crazy yeah. hobby that just, mm. you know, when I see people that do round track racing, or I'm just like, you guys are nuts. Yeah, and one of the, I think one of the reasons I didn't get into that, because like, you know, in my early teens and stuff, I was really into mini trucking, and um, I was about to say stuff like that. <laughs> But I would, would have counted yeah. it. <laughs> but my ex stepbrother, um, Billy, he actually had a, I want to say like a 98, 99 Camaro, a Z28. I think 
Yeah, I think it was the late nineties, something like that. Anyways, he would go to Shady Side mm-hmm. and like drag race, and he'd take me along with him to hang out sometimes. And then like I would go and help him work on the car, kind of get into it. And then I realized he was spending like hundreds of dollars to shave off tenths of seconds. No, listen. On the well, he wasn't doing it t- right because you spend thousands of dollars to <laughs> shave off tenths of seconds. But well, well, I mean, he was like just getting right. He, like he, you know, basically bought a fast car air quotations yeah and then he started adding add-ons to it so like he was you know you see big progress in the beginning then once you get to a certain state you have to start spending that yeah but like literally it was insane like we would go up there and he would take his subwoofers out of the trunk just to get some weight reduction (laughs) on the (laughs) sidelines i'm like dude this is crazy man you're like you're doing all this for like 12 seconds of look how fast i can go and then you go back to the shop and keep working on them. Like yeah, this. it's a it's an obsession. Yeah, I it, mean, it, it wasn't just the money he was putting in. Like you said, he was time. up all night yeah. long tinkering with stuff. And it's insane to me. Man, uh, so my 49 Mercury was such a race car that you couldn't drive it on the street. You, mm-hmm. you could drive it on the street, but yeah. it, it was literally a race car that I put headlights and taillights and turn signals on and, like, registered for the road. Like, it... <laughs> yeah. It was a legitimate race car. Yeah. The the windows didn't roll up or down. They were like Lexan, which is plastic, you know, for yeah. weight. The It didn't have a hood. It had a, a front end that was molded. It was all fiberglass, so that it just tilted forward. Uh, the, the it, it was just a shell. It just looked it's like a, a, plastic a Mercury. Shell. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. really a, a 49 Mercury. The only thing Mercury about it was like the roof and the tops of the quarters. Hmm. But like, it, you know, every, I mean... It was real fast. Like, for its time, uh, there was a summer where I had the fastest street legal car in this area, period. Mm-hmm. Like, the reason I know this because I raced everybody. Like, because I raced for money. Every Friday and Saturday night, that was all I did. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have a job that year. I just raced for money. Damn. Um, I didn't have any money. So, you get into g- gambling. I mean, man, uh, street racing can, g- can get really dangerous. Aside from the general danger of racing in general, like mm-hmm. like racing any car or motorcycle or anything is dangerous. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, some not so uh, pleasant characters run in that circle too. And there's lots of money being gambled at times. Yeah. And there's people who want to come take that money. And then there's like people who will try to shit you out of that money. And there's people mm-hmm. who don't want to pay if they lose. And there's, you know, fights and guns and like it, it can get, it can get real shady. You know, you're out in the parking lot at three o'clock in the morning with a bunch of people from another state that came to race. They've got thousands of dollars and you know, everybody's got a gun. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous world. It it can be, but I also, I made some really good friends, people that I'm still friends with today. I don't really do that anymore, but I, you, you couldn't pay me. Well, you could pay me, but it, you'd have to pay me a lot to like spend my summer nights in a parking lot, like waiting on a race. If you think if you think MMA and jujitsu is full of crazy characters and uh, every <laughs> culture has those extremists, yeah. yeah. Well, street racing is way worse. There is a oh. not only are they shady. Well, I mean you're like agreeing to enter into illegal activity. Yeah. You're always going to see some shady oh, people. Oh, for sure. You know? yeah. yeah. And like, there's like, well, until Fast and Furious came out, then it's just a bunch of souped up Hondas. You know what was really funny? So prior to the Fast and the Furious, and, and man, 
You talk about a movie that moved the cultural needle. I have never seen Fast and the Furious. I've never seen any of them. Not a single one. I wouldn't know them. I I just don't care about it. Mm -hmm. But prior to the Fast and the Furious, the uh, the kind of the the drag racing scene in in Hickory, North Carolina, where Mm -hmm. where where I lived and still do, um, was like Mustangs versus everyone else. So if you yeah. had a Camaro or a S10 with a, with a you know hot rod motor or a mm-hmm. 49 Mercury or a 62 Impala or wh- whatever, it was the Mustang guys were all like one little click yeah. and then everybody else was another click. And we hated each other. I, I've never owned a Mustang in my life. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what click I was in. Yeah. And we hated each other. I mean, it, we I can't remember ever racing somebody that didn't own a, a Mustang like really? for a while. Yeah. But the same year that the Fast and the Furious came out, every idiot with a Honda started like putting loud mufflers and <laughs> bang. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and there were very few of them that were fast. Yeah. Very few. I mean, I can think well, of so relatively. So, I mean, compared yeah. to us compared, at the time. Well, compared to what they were doing. Yeah. You know, like I'll imagine a lot of those guys were racing a lot of those guys. You know. Well, well yeah. Wasn't yeah. too many four-cylinder Hondas pulling up beside a Mustang. Well, plenty of them pulled up beside. They just lost, and then always had some reason why, and you know, it was always something. Mm. Um, the the year, the summer after that movie came out, mm. all the people that used to be, and I use this in quotation marks, my my enemy. Yeah, we all we are all now banded together, and we hate <laughs> all the imports. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nice. So it was it was weird. I mean, yeah. literally, I'm like, man, I used to hate that guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> stupid Mustangs. And now, like, you know, that's one of my buddies that I'm, hey, man, can I borrow that wrench, you know, or whatever, you know. Gotcha. It was it was an interesting. It's weird. It, mm. it was a very strange culture. Yeah, me and one of my friends were talking about that the other day. Whenever uh, Fast and Furious came out, that's when you saw the, like, souped-up imports. Then when Transformers came out, that's when you saw the jacked-up F-250s, like <laughs> <laughs> all the jacked-up trucks. That started making a big comeback. Well, I've not seen either. I've not seen either of the. I'm saying when the movies came I know, out, I know. you saw that like in the actual yeah. car culture, basically. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is like I'm so uh, devoid of interest in cars. Like I haven't seen any of the Fast and Furious or any of the Transformer movies. Oh, gotcha. Like well, I, Transformer movie wasn't really a like a car movie, but I did, I still didn't see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's just not the kind of genre that I like. I got you. Yeah. I did watch Zombie Land last night. I did watch Zombie Land last night. I don't think I saw that. that what? New? No, Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen the first one. I haven't seen Double Tap yet. Yeah, I haven't seen the second one either. Yeah, I heard good things about that. I heard it was like it stood up to the original. The so original one's pretty good. It's yes. pretty funny. Yes, <laughs> it's it pretty is. dang funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so my our hope. Sorry that we we've we've tried to avoid the COVID nineteen talk. I thought we were going to avoid it. Well, no, I, we're not talking about that. I'm saying our, we think we're going to be back in business on the 11th. Is that right? Like, yeah. So uh, as far as personal training upstairs, the 11th, yes. That is, I haven't seen any of the, the outlines. That is there hmm. some sort of guide or thing? Um, or? So they're doing the phase thing. But like I said, with us, since we're not an open gym, as soon as the stay-at-home order lifts, that's when we're opening back up. Okay, cool. Yeah, so like I said, I mean, when we're running at full capacity, we've got 11 people in here. Yeah. You put one trainer up top, two trainers downstairs, 
we're easily under the 10 people limit. Sure. So, yeah, we're not worried about that. How do you think it's going to affect your your business? I mean, do- um, I think it's going to affect everything. Kind of like we were talking about with jujitsu, you know, like people sit on their ass for a month. Some of them get kind of used to sitting on their ass. So I imagine I'll have a couple people drop off, but we'll just have to see where it goes from there. Man, I, I'm, I'm one of them. Uh, I was extremely motivated for like the first, I don't know, four weeks maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it should be noted that we shut Phoenix down like two weeks before we were mandated yeah. like the stay at home order. Yeah. So for us, it's been the, the, on the 11th, it'll be eight weeks. Yeah. Two full months. Yeah. yeah. So the first like three to four weeks, I was pretty motivated. I was, you know, coming in, doing solo drills, working mm-hmm. out, running, you know, whatever. And then I had to put my dog to sleep and it like, I just, I'd be, I mean, I was an alcoholic for like a week. I like yeah. woke up, had a beer, went to sleep having a beer. I was just bummed out and there's not shit to do. And, you know, already with my current, just being bummed about not being able to do, to do jujitsu and then having to put your best friend of 15 years to sleep is like a double whammy. Oh, yeah. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to getting back to, to some form of normality. Like I, jiu-jitsu gives me a reason to get up like i'm yeah. it without it i'm worthless it's so funny like <laughs> yeah i mean that's what people don't understand like it's a true stress reliever yeah it really sure. is and i mean for me you know it's always been working out whether it's jiu-jitsu resistance training whatever like i've had to dude i guarantee you i have logged more hours under the weights in the past four months than I have in the past year and a half, dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, my minimalist training went out the window whenever, like, you know, I'm just scheduling all of my people online. Now. Right. So I sit behind a computer for 30 minutes at a time until I just get so bored and stressed that I just don't want to do it anymore. So I'll go out and do some kettlebell swings and some pull-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'll go run a couple of laps around the neighborhood, get Zoe some uh, exercise. But, yeah, man, I have logged so many hours training. And it's been good. Don't get me wrong. I've kept the diet on track. I try not to have too many of the quarantine snacks. Well, I ain't done none of that. So, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you know, um, it's gave me plenty of time to hang out with Raylan, which has been really cool. Yeah, that's cool. It has, but still, man, I just, I have to have that physical release somehow. Yeah. I really do. Same. Yeah. Man, same here. I, I did not realize how much it affected me until... Because you always have. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I do it seven days yeah. a week, you know, so mm. I didn't realize what a positive influence... I mean, I, when you're the instructor and you're, you know, you're expected to be here, you know, three classes or six classes a day, however many classes you do, hmm. and and you and you, you know, you're here for open mat. Now, really, the only day we don't have something going on is Sunday. Yeah. And then a lot of times Sunday, I'll go to someone else's open mat. Yeah. You you don't you don't think about like what it, I don't know because it's my job. I don't think about like what a. Uh, how much time I invest in jujitsu. Yeah. And then when it's gone, you're like, what do, I don't so much free time. Yeah. I don't even have any skills. Like, what, like <laughs> yeah. you know, what would you put on a job application? Like yeah. can strangle you? Like, I don't know. You <laughs> know? <laughs> That's it, man. Hopefully we got worried about that. I started uh, freshening up my resume too. Cause I was like, man, like this last two months, like I'm going to, I'm getting a job. You know, I'll keep up with my online training. I'll do all that stuff, but I cannot have this downtime. Well, that's what you think. You think you're going to get a yeah. job, but the problem is, I mean, there aren't any jobs to have. Oh, there's a ton of jobs to have. I, I haven't seen any. A half of Hickory has a help wanted sign. You go to Walmart, you go, like, I'm not talking about, like, 
quality career jobs. But you want to, you know, be a picker at MDI. Yeah, I heard was, everybody walks in the door yeah. and they pay damn good. That's where I worked right out of high school. Yeah, I worked there for a year and a half and made an insane amount of money. You got to hustle. <laughs> oh yeah, well you got to hustle. But too man, like they just didn't care. It's like, oh, you want twenty hours overtime this week? Cool, go get on a ticket. Yeah, like that was it. I remember uh, that was back when IFH was still open. Whenever we ran out of tickets at MDI, we would carpool to IFH, <laughs> keep picking. <laughs> Dude, it was. I literally, um, I worked midnight to. 8 a.m. when I first started, five days a week in the freezer, negative 20 below. Like it was insanely cold. If it rained outside, you, I'd go ahead and tell you every bone in your body is going to be hurting and shaking. But um, then we switched over to midnight to 10 a.m. on four days on, three days off. So whenever we did that, we would literally work till midnight or work, start working midnight and work until like three o'clock in the afternoon if we want to. I mean, it was crazy. As long as we didn't, like, push them to where the next shift was out of tickets, we could stay. <laughs> and, I mean, literally, I would log. I mean, it'd be nothing for me to get 70 hours a week over there. But, like you said, I mean, <clears throat> you know, like, I'd wake up, take some yellow jackets. I'd get home, take some Tylenol PM. <laughs> yeah, that's no life, man. It's no life. When I was working at the club, it, it just destroyed your your sleep, your, oh, your yeah. patterns. No, you know? I slept on weekends. That was it. Well, so... Um, when I was working at the club, you know, okay, I work, uh, our jujitsu schedule is 7 a.m. I have a 7 a.m. class on Monday and Wednesday, and then a 6.15 p.m. and a 7 p.m. class on Monday and Wednesday. And then Thursday, and I'm sorry, Tuesday and Thursday, an 8 a.m. class, a 6 p.m. class, and a 7 p.m. class. So Monday through Thursday, you know, I have to be up, like, really early. Well, th- I usually work Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, or Friday and Saturday. Well, now, you know, you I've got you work from six p.m. to basically three or three thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. and like the next day is just, I mean, it's you're gone. either sleeping, eating, yeah. or going or getting ready to go back to work. It's yeah. just gone, mm-hmm. and that's assuming that my psycho dogs don't, you know, hear a squirrel from six miles away and go berserk, <laughs> you know, or uh, yeah. You know the the next door neighbor decides to mow his grass at seven a.m. You know, you know what I mean. Like, it's impossible to sleep during the day. Been there, dude. I mean, I just wrecked my entire schedule, and I was working part time at Best Buy Home Delivery then too. Whenever the guys didn't need me, so I worked part time at Best Buy, but every now and then I would sub in for home delivery. So I would leave work at ten a.m. Get over to Best Buy at ten thirty, and then the truck would be loaded, and I'd go off with Gachi or Jason, whoever was driving the truck. I would literally get in the truck and pass out, and they would just wake me up when we got to the first stop and go from there. And then, as soon as we like, you know, carried the refrigerator up six flights of steps, I would get back in the passenger seat, pass back out, and that was the normal schedule. But you know, like like I said, that was right out of high school. I was eighteen, nineteen. So I could run off no sleep for a couple of weeks before it just like crashed my system. Well, um, but now I was forty uh, when I was doing yeah, the bouncing. There's stuff. no way, man. Hey, speaking of which, I'm going to be forty-one this month. Do you know that? Forty-one. Congratulations. I I did not think I would make it this far. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of other people didn't think I'd make it this far either. <clears throat> I had a I had an argument. On Facebook, I know that's no. shocking. <laughs> I can't believe that. Um, this person was 
I don't know. Somebody was telling me that it's my opinion that you uh, that there is no you, there's you don't know what information to believe about this virus because no. there's just so much out there and <clears throat> you know, that and even if you follow one source, it changes right, every it, week. Yeah, just not yeah. only does it change, they go, oh yeah, well you know we we messed up we. We made a mistake, and now this is the the reality. And you're like, man, how do you? There's just no. I don't know. I don't, how are you that bad at your job? And you don't get fired. Well, That's I don't my know, man. I, I make mistakes all the time. I say shit that ain't right. Yeah, but not that kind of mistakes. Well, but here's the thing. I mean, you gotta think like the media should be held to a higher standard because they're the ones supposed to be giving the news to everybody. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think you're wrong, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, plenty of people. Make mistakes. Well, I mean, bro, the president says whatever the fuck he wants to say, and and even I, he just has. I was about to say, I think everybody's way past that argument. Well, but I mean, <laughs> like, I, yeah, we know. I, I, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> yeah. like him or don't, like yeah. you, you got to admit, he just says whatever he wants. It's yeah. okay. Mm. Um. So anyway, this person was like uh, telling me, you know, you should believe in this uh, outlet of information, and I was yeah. like, well, they don't. I mean, they've made a bunch of mistakes, too. He was talking about the CDC or the North Carolina um, Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff come out about the CDC and how, like, you know, their main funding is from these other people. And that's one thing I didn't understand. I thought their main funding came from, like, the UN. You know, like, I thought they were a global company. They're not. Are you talking about who? The World Health Organization? Or are you talking about the CDC, the Center for Disease Control? I thought it was for both of them. No. Oh, no, no, no. Who? Okay, yeah, yeah. So CDC, CDC is, is a, American. an American yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. company. Sorry. I, yeah, I it's okay. Well, so but even that, I mean, they, they've made some mistakes. and I, I mean, I'm not mm. saying they're always wrong. I mean, you know, yeah. people make mistakes. Mm. But what I am saying is, like, there are, there's just, I'm not going to say there's no credible sources. I'm saying it's very hard to know with certainty what to believe. Mm. And I and I voiced that that concern on Facebook, and this one person was like, oh, you, all you got to do is listen to CDC and the North Carolina, you know, whatever the equivalent is for the states for North Carolina. And I was like, man, I don't know. They've made some mistakes, too. And he was like, oh, are you an expert? I was like, well, I mean, if you want to be honest, like, you know, I have a 100% success rate for 41 years <laughs> on this planet. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of am an expert in my own personal safety. Yes, yeah. I yeah. am an expert. Mm. And then, I mean... But I mean, if you think about that, like oh, yeah. we are all a hundred percent successful, yeah, in some way. Then another one of one of our extended teammates was like, uh, "Well, have you ever been to the doctor?" I'm like, "Of course I have," but like I don't have health insurance, so I go to the doctor when it's an absolute necessity. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not just like, "Well, my you know my toe hurts, I'm going to the doctor." You know, Got I mean, a bad sunburn. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh. I feel like I have a pretty good whole uh, handle on my own safety. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, who should be who is who is more trustworthy for my safety than me, or mm-hmm. or for your safety than you, yeah. your kid's safety than you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. The big thing is just don't go around licking doorknobs. <laughs> yeah, you know? and that's what people were freaking out about was because you know it's this extreme virus that we've never seen the likes of before and all this other stuff. Yeah, but it's still a virus. It spreads the exact same way most other viruses spread. Don't lick doorknobs. Wash your damn hands. Don't touch your face. 
Well, I, I, you're not totally wrong. That's but, a correct statement. Well, it's not. Yeah. It's not 100% correct. Okay. Um, what I would tell you is you, Daniel Fordell, are an expert. What you aren't an expert in is vi- viral transmission. Mm-hmm. Now, it stands to reason that washing your hands and don't touch your face and don't lick doorknobs, yeah. that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe in that. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I believe in it so much that people were making fun of me prior to this pandemic because I'm a hand-washing yeah. nutcase. <laughs> I don't know about hand-washing, but as far as hand sanitizers, the alcohol gels and stuff, you're definitely a nutcase. No, no, no. I'm a hand-washer, and when okay. I can't get to a washer, I, I mean, man, for years, yeah. like my like everyone makes fun of me about this. And I'm like, well, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't cost anything yeah. to go wash my hands. Yeah. When Anthony and I, so... Um, Sometimes Anthony and I go to uh, Asheville. We eat at this place called Mela. It's a uh, Indian uh, restaurant, but it's a buffet mm-hmm. and it's very good. So we'll, this is what a, what a paranoid weirdo I am. And we're talking last year, like we're not talking pandemic, yeah. Jason. We're just every day Tuesday, Jason. So uh, we we'll, we walk into the restaurant. I go straight to the bathroom. I wash my hands. Mm. I get my plate. I go like put the shit that I want on my plate. I set my plate down. I go back to the bathroom. I wash my hands again. I come back and I eat my food. And Anthony one day he was like, "What the hell are you doing? What? Why? Why do you do that? Because I do it every time. We yeah. eat there like weekly." Yeah. I was like, "Well, I wash my hands so I don't get my germs on the utensils that people are going to have to handle behind me, like mm-hmm. these big spoons that you spoon shit out of." But also, how many assholes? you know, dipped a bunch of stuff out of there that were scratching their balls 10 minutes ago or, you know, grabbed the door handle or whatever. That's true. So those germs are, are still on that thing. Yeah. So I don't put my germs on there, and then I go take their germs off of my hands before I eat. I feel like that's rational. I, mean, I can see that's a little extreme. That's you think rational. that's extreme? I don't – well, I wouldn't say extreme. But, like, yeah, I mean, if I go it, to a buffet – It makes sense, though, right? Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense, but I don't wash my hands before touching utensils because, like you, I just assume – Everybody's nasty. So, so I go ahead and get my food and then I wash my you hands. You are the asshole that back. makes me wash my hands twice. You know that, right? No, I, I'm a clean person. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, bro. No one's a clean. <laughs> Listen, if you opened the door, you are not a clean person. I know. That's why I wash my hands before I eat. But no, I'm not worried like, about like, fuck everybody yeah, else. That's it. I'm not worried about not putting my germs on Take my ball sweat and put it in your mouth, you a hole. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, if they don't wash their hands, that's their problem, they eat, right? That's on them. It's not my fault they got bad hygiene. Protect yourself at all times exactly. is what you're trying to say. Yes. You and uh, you and uh, who says that? John uh, John McCarthy. Protect yourselves at all times. Oh son. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big John. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many. I have found. Uh, I I find myself to be a generally a left leaning person. Like I'm pretty liberal. I'm a Dude, I think that I think that term is so fluid right now. Well, it, it has to be explained yeah. every well, day. Well, so so let me yeah. explain my version of liberal. I am socially liberal. I don't care who has sex with who as long as they are of age and mm. consenting. I don't care, you know, who does what drug. It's not it's not none of my business. I yeah. whatever you want to do. I uh, I don't uh, I don't care what people look like or what color they are. I don't I don't I just don't. I mean, people should just be left to live their own life, in my yeah. opinion. So I'm a pretty left person. I mean, the, all the 
not all of it, the vast majority of the very, very right-leaning people go out of their way to call me a, a libtard and a liberal and a, you know, you know like all the, all the derogatory insults terms. and derogatory yeah. things you can call like someone who's socially uh, accepting. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I have found that there are essentially two camps for this virus thing. There are the left that, and, I, and of course I'm being general and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sort of stereotyping, stereotyping here. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're talking about the extremes. We're not talking about the mm. people in the middle because mm. I, I feel like I'm in the middle. But so anyway, uh, the left feels like we should uh, be confined to our house until there is a cure found. And any deviation from that is absolutely uh, um, unacceptable. You want people to die. Yeah, you yeah. like you're you're you might as well be a Nazi according yeah. to them. Yeah. Which is weird, by the way. And then the extreme right is like this is just a plot to to thwart um Donald Trump's reelection program and this is uh this is um uh a hoax. Benjamin on the rights, you know, and, and stuff. And I mean, it's like there are, it's like yeah. as if there are only two Camps. I've seen a lot of in between. I have really not. <laughs> I, I, I wish I had seen yeah. more in between. But well, like, I mean, like that could literally just be like the could, pages we follow on Facebook too. Well, I mean, you so might have I like a weird bubble or a different bubble my, than I have. My bubble is most certainly different than yours, yeah. but I don't judge it on the pages that I follow. I judge it on the people who who you're friends with, who respond to my yeah. my posts. That's what I'm saying. Like you're still in that bubble. Like a lot of the people on my Facebook. They're level-headed, but they still have. We are all in our own bubble. Like you are in your. I bubble. wasn't saying like you're the only person who has a bubble. I'm just saying like they're different bubbles. Sure, yeah. absolutely. So I like you said, like a lot of my, a lot of the people on my Facebook that I see, and of course I see the extremists, but a lot more are just like people using common sense. You know, like is they're the ones asking questions, not throwing out these statements like, oh, if you want to reopen NC, then you want people to die. They're the ones asking questions like, okay, well, haven't we done enough to flatten the curve? Isn't it time to start implementing phase one? So I made a post the other day. And so I, I have been um, inquisitive would be the, the way I would describe it about this yeah. situation from the beginning. Yeah, no, you've literally asked more questions than anybody I've ever seen. Well, but I'm not I'm not really trying to stir anything up. I'm trying to figure out like the right the right things to do. Yeah. But um I asked this so originally when this started, I was like, Okay, well we're gonna we're all gonna not work and we're gonna shut everything down for a while. Then what? Like what what's what's the solution? Yeah. And everybody's like, Well, there's no solution. We're just flattening the curve. Uh, okay. All right. I can get behind that. All right. So mm. So me being me, I'm like, well, Phoenix, we're closed and we'll stay at home and we'll try to be socially distant and, you know, just do all the things that we're supposed to do. I was, I don't want to say I was fine with it. It hurt my feelings like a whole lot, but, uh, and it has hurt my, my bank account a whole lot also. Um, but that being said, I was willing to do like my part to, to yeah. be socially responsible. Then... It seemed like the narrative switched, and I only mean when I say the narrative, it, it switched two ways. So the ultra right were like, "This is bullshit. You're impinging on my rights. I'm gonna go yeah. do what I want." And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, man. That seems kind of extreme." And then the left is like, "I'm not coming out of my house until there's a 
there's a, a cure. And I'm like, well, that seems really extreme. Yeah. So for, for, for me, I, I posted the other day, I was like, listen, we, we've been socially responsible. We have been, uh, we have flattened the curve. Yeah. Like, let's get going. Like, our, originally, so. our strategy was to flatten the curve, then to not overwhelm the hospitals. Then, mm-hmm. then we could go back to our lives. Yeah. Well, now that's not the case. N- now it seems as though the the idea is that we don't we don't go back to our lives. The the new normal, as they say. I'm like, man, I'm not about the new normal. Like my no. normal is my normal. Yeah. Well, I'm going. I'm going back to doing exactly what I used to do. Mm-hmm. There, there is a very real possibility that I may get the coronavirus. Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Well, but I mean, like, odds are we're all going to get it. That, so the first, over a long enough the, time. The first week of this, that yeah. was the CDC said, because I only, I only see them, I only see their stuff on YouTube, and it mm-hmm. comes up first when you open it. Yeah. So they were like, "Listen, we're all going to get this. This is for mo- for the vast majority of people. It's." Very mild symptoms. Yeah. Some people are going to have extreme symptoms. Some people are going to die, just like any other virus, viral infection that we have. So our goal was to flatten the curve. We're all going to get it. Yeah. There's no cure. We're just going to get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's get going. Let's start yeah. that. <laughs> let's get some herd immunity. <laughs> but the crazy part is, is especially in Catawba and surrounding counties, we flatten the curve so much, we got hospital staff being Empty, laid off. Gone. Yeah. Like so, the hospitals are getting it. Like we've flattened it so much, we've crashed their economy. Yeah. So you know? four of our uh, students are healthcare professionals locally. Mm. I talked to all of them, like personally, because I, I mean, I wanted to know. I was like, yeah. man, you tell me what, because I, I, I lean on them for good advice for uh, the health of Phoenix Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm in constant contact in contact with them about what to do. Mm. And they were telling me, I was like, you know, tell you tell me what you're seeing. And they're like, well, you know, in Burke County, we have, we currently have 12 people hospitalized for coronavirus. 12 mm. in the entire county. Yeah. Burke County's 100 square miles. Mm. You know, in Catawba County. Well, I can't say for Catawba County, but at Fry, yeah. there's like a very, very small amount of people. Yeah. So all electoral surgeries have been canceled. Like there's just there's no one at the hospital. There's no one there except for emergency staff. Yeah, that's it. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. It's, I, who would have thought this would have had this sort of ripple effect on our on our daily lives? Like well, I would been, never have thought this. I followed a lot of economists, and they said like that's exactly what's going to happen. A lot of them kind of went more to the extreme, but they were also basing it on you know six and nine month models that CDC originally talked to us about originally like the press release about but yeah man but like once you start looking at the death toll you're gonna have to switch those numbers over to who are the ones who are committing suicide because they can't pay their bills or their business shutdown or who are the ones who are you know dying at home because they're afraid to go to the hospital because they might get coronavirus at the hospital i don't know i feel like that's an extreme argument what I, I would say, well, I mean, you know, how many people, how do you know what somebody committed suicide for if they didn't leave a note? If well, they I mean, weren't like, I committed suicide at, because of well, coronavirus. I mean, if you look at like the average numbers and then there's a huge spike, you can kind of guess where the spike came from. You know, uh, one of the big things is domestic abuse is up a lot in this area well, because people are quarantined at home. I listen to NPR mostly and uh, NPR, so um, I, I don't want to, 
I don't want to quote this, but I, I'm I'm mostly accurate. That you know, I might be off yeah. a percent or two, but so domestic violence domestic violence was up something like twenty one percent in Mecklenburg County. Yeah, and um, what was it? What's what's almost always associated with uh, drug abuse? Oh, uh, drug overdose yeah. was up eighteen percent for yeah. the last month in Mecklenburg County, yeah. and I was like. Man, like who would have thought? I mean, it makes sense, you know, but I would never, prior to this, I would never have been walking down the street thinking about weird shit and been like, oh. The correlation. Yeah, I'm sure that'll, (laughs) you're just like, what? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. Um, Armed robbery as well, especially in the Catawba County area. So I heard, I I had heard on uh, WHKY that um, car car break-ins were up like 37%. It was a big number. It was a big number. Yeah. And what most of those uh, of the people breaking in cars were looking for was firearms. So, like, firearms were stolen more often out of cars than any other object. I mean, obviously, if you break in a car, you're going to get the gun and the computer and the this and the that. But you're going to take everything. Yeah. But, like, firearm theft is up considerably. I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, I I don't know. Tells you some shit's about to happen probably. Well, I don't know if it's about to, but it could, you know. Um. This is kind of funny. So I live kind of on the cusp of uh, the maybe not so best neighborhood in town. Like my neighborhood is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's a very, um, it, it's an older neighborhood. It has like uh, gentrification sort of qualities yeah. to it. It's a it's a, a really nice little neighborhood. Yeah. But like maybe three blocks away is like the ghetto, like the ghetto for sure. About four blocks. Yeah. Three, from 4th Street to Center Street is pretty bad. Mm. And I live on 6th, so, you know, whatever that tells you. Yeah. So, um, I guess it was Friday night. I was walking my dogs, and I heard, I heard like, some people yelling. And then I heard, like, four, like, distinct, like, shots. You know, it was like, pow, 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 pow. I was like, oh, shit. So, you know, me being me and all nosy and shit. <laughs> I go bebopping down through there. I'm like, let me yeah. let me see see what's going on down here, you know. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see anything, but I could hear a bunch of yelling and stuff. So about, I I hear, I couldn't I couldn't hear what they were saying, but I could hear yelling like yeah. back and forth, several voices, and there was a lady involved and you know, several dudes. Yeah. And then you hear, like like literally somebody <laughs> just ripped off a clip off of something automatic, and you're like, oh. Uh, I'm going back yeah, home. It's time to go home. Yeah. <laughs> and then as yeah. I'm walking the dog, you see like six Hickory City cars just, I mean, busting <laughs> ass to get there. I was like, well, pretty sure those weren't fireworks. Let me no. get back to my domicile. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. That's not, that's not normal. Like I, I lived there a year. That's the first not. time I've heard yeah. that, you know. And like I say, it's several blocks away, but it's still, yeah. you know, close. Uh-huh. It was interesting. Uh <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting, kind of, I don't know. I wasn't sure, like, would that have been, is is that? Is that a correlation yeah, to, to the what's, coronavirus? Yeah. Or is that just the way, you know, are dickheads just going to be dickheads, you know? I mean, dickheads are always going to be dickheads, but, like, are they anxious, nervous, and stressed dickheads now, you know? Or more anxious and nervous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe they can't. Maybe the the weed man's out, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> coronavirus shut down all the transport <laughs> right. lines and stuff. Yeah. I ain't got a line on anymore, man. Calm down. 
I said this on my Facebook, and I I, uh, I feel like it should be said here. I cannot. Actually, I think I said it when, when Ricky was here. I cannot hear the phrase coronavirus and then not oh, play God. Cardi B's coronavirus. Shit is real. Like in my head, yeah. it is stuck like indefinitely. Yeah. I've listened to that a couple of times since you showed me in the long car ride. <laughs> it's awesome though, right? I would say it's awesome, but it's definitely interesting. Well, what I think is awesome is that somebody was instantly sitting around. They were like, oh, I'm going to make a song out of that. Oh, there's been like five or six, Oh, yeah, there's man. many variations. <laughs> there's a bunch of them. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the strip clubs were open just so I could just so I could go work at one and they'd play that mix, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> How awesome would it be to see strippers see dancing that, yeah. to coronavirus? <laughs> Shit is real. And you're like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I feel like I have a weird sense of humor since I think that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Man. So what's up with you? How's the kid? Kid's good. Yeah. Just uh, not doing anything, man. I'm telling you. Like, that's all that's up with me. Like, I'm knocking out the honeydew list, working online, and just lifting as much as I can possibly live to keep myself sane. That's the crazy part about it. Like, I'm here so much during the week that when I'm not here, it's just weird to me, you know? And like, yeah, you know, I've been home for what? Four weeks now. Yeah. Four weeks. Like next week will be the fifth week. And it's just so insane to like, you know, I wake up every morning about four forty-five cause Raylan eats <laughs> at five and That's crazy. I'm feeding him and I'm like looking over at my clock and I'm like, you know, like I have that little split second of, oh man, I got to get ready for work here in a little bit. And I'm, I'm late. Like, oh wait, I'm, I don't have anything to do today. <laughs> you know, I try to knock out, um, try to knock out all my personal training for the week in one day. And then I can work on the book on one day and I can research and develop the other days. Yeah. And dude, it's don't get me wrong. Like I've had a ton of time to work on my side projects, but I realize why I don't spend an entire day on side projects. <laughs> Because my brain just goes yeah, you just can't. Yeah, you just can't. <laughs> no, you can't, man. And like I said before, I work like half an hour at a time and then go work out. And then I'll come back, knock out half an hour, and then get some lunch. And I'll come back, knock out half an hour again. Like, I just, I can't sit behind a computer. I hate it. I, I couldn't really do. do it. I, I, I've i thought about like, you know, anytime I think about going to get a job, I'm like, man, I just, I just can't. I would I would rather work construction digging a ditch in the summertime yeah. than I would sit in a cubicle listening to some dickhead boss that I could strangle like talk to me about some shit I don't care about. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I just couldn't do it. I just I oh. I just cannot do it. Mm. I I can't. I'll see how anybody does it, man. Every job I've ever had has been like, you know, retail or warehouse, something to where I was up on my feet moving around. Missed it. No, I got him. But anyways, I've been up moving around and just able to stay on my feet all day. And I think that's always been my saving grace. It really has. I just, I couldn't do the computer thing. I couldn't do the cubicle. No, I've had a couple of dickhead bosses. I ain't going like. I've had a bunch of dickhead bosses. Yeah. Oh, this reminds but me of a story. Been ones I've been able to walk away from. I don't remember what it was. You, uh, in one of the previous podcasts, we had talked about, I don't, I don't remember what the setup was. Um. Uh, I think it was when Ricky was here. We were talking about uh, maybe like we're not getting paid or something, something goofy. I don't remember. Yeah. For the listeners, we're we're uh, we're playing 
out of an episode of Breaking Bad, we're stalking a fly that is driving us fucking crazy. Yeah. I thought I had him trapped inside of a beer bottle, but he, he escaped. He's a wiry little one. He's a, he's wiry. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, Ricky was on here and what? I, I, we were just talking. I don't, I don't remember what the setup was, but I remember thinking, I need to tell, tell this story. It's pretty funny. Okay. So I worked for, as many of you know, I've almost always, most of my life, I've, uh, my non-martial arts life, I worked in the auto body repair industry for like mm-hmm. 20 years. And so uh, I worked at this body shop and I had worked at this place for, I don't know, three or four years. And uh, I don't know, I was I was just crazy to work on cars. Like I would just do anything to just work on a car. I, I'd, I'd do it for free. I loved it. Yeah. And then um, I don't, I don't know what the, case was but so my boss and I we got to where we didn't get along and I was looking for another job and I had worked like all these crazy hours and it was all it was always okay but then like it it became like I resented him for for me working all these hours just just overnight for whatever reason yeah and so um he I had I, I distinctly remember he was upset with me because I had taken a lunch break because, cause, you know, for three years, I didn't take a lunch break. I just worked straight through it. And I'd work till, uh, okay. you know, 12 o'clock at night, you know, be back there at 8. Like, I just crazy about working on cars. Yeah. Well, I took a lunch break, and he was really upset, really upset. And, you know, he was, you know, mouthing at me, and I was mouthing back. And I was like, listen, if it's that big a deal, just consider this my two-week notice. You know, I'll we don't have to argue about this anymore. I'm done. Mm. And he said, well, I wouldn't – be fine with me if you just left right now and I was like fine I'm leaving so I went and got my little S10 pickup truck and I backed it in the shop and my buddy Josh was working there and uh, Josh later ended up working for me uh, when I owned a shop but he's a good friend so I said uh, Josh help me put my toolbox in my in my truck and when I say toolbox I mean you know I got like a at that time I had a it was a pretty big toolbox and tools are really heavy you know oh, hell yeah and he was like, "Oh, we're gonna take all the drawers out." Shit, I was like, "Nope." And I just like, I was, I backed, I backed the truck up, and I was like, "We're gonna tilt it in there," and I'm leaving. He was like, "What?" And I was like, "Grab that end." <laughs> oh my god! So we just, you know, dumped yeah. it in there, laid it on its back, and I shut the tailgate and went home. So I came back on Friday, and uh, he had, he had us uh, uniforms, and so you know, it cost me like twelve bucks a month or twelve bucks a week to have you know, fresh, clean uniforms every day. And, you know, if you didn't return your jacket, it was this much. And if you didn't return yeah. your pants, you know, whatever. Yeah. Some some ex, uh, exorbitant amount. So I came back and I had had all my pants, had all my shirts. I, I could not find my jacket. I just couldn't find it. Couldn't find yeah. it anywhere. So I said, here's my pants. Here's my shirts. I can't find my jacket. Take the cost of the jacket out of my check. And he was like, I'm not paying you until you get me that jacket. And I was like, well, I've been real clear. Take the jacket, the cost of the jacket, out of my check and pay me. Yeah. He, he was like, I'm not paying you. And I was like, okay, well, you need to call the cops right now. And you need to tell them to send an ambulance because we're about to fight for sure. Like, you are not going to fuck me out of my paycheck. <laughs> You know, as a twenty-year-old Jason Bever, yeah, I didn't. It yeah. didn't didn't matter to me to say that. Mm. So uh, he, his wife came, you know, kind of got in between us and you know started her. And I was like, "Listen, tell this dickhead to write me a check, or you can write me a check. I don't yeah. care. Take the fifty dollars for this stupid jacket out of my check, and I'm going away." 
Well, in the meantime, he took my advice. He called the cops. <laughs> so the cops showed up, and they were like, what's going on here? And he you know, come up with some story, and I was like, listen, it's just simple. I'll pay for the jacket. Take the cost of the jacket out of my check. Yeah. And so I told him, I was like, if he doesn't pay me, y'all should stay here because I'm going to beat his ass, and y'all are going to have to arrest me because I am definitely like one of two outcomes. Yeah. Either we going to fight or he going to give me my money. That's it. There's yeah. no in-between. So the cops were like, oh, don't say that, you know, because, I mean, I grew up in this small town my whole life, so they they knew me, and I knew yeah. them. And so I, I say to them, like, well, these are the options. This is what we're going to do. So they, they talked to him. They're like, man, come on, just write the guy a check. Like, don't be a dick, you know. So yeah. long term, they, like, he like his wife, he wouldn't, but he, like, yeah. wrote me a check, and I was like, cool. All right, good. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a weird way to, like, why wouldn't you just mm-hmm. take the – Take the money out of it. Just, just yeah. being a dick. That's all it was. Yeah, just being a dick. Just power trip. I don't know why. I, there it. was some specific conversation that we had that reminded me to tell you that, but I don't know. So I told you. I have no clue. But yeah. I've never told you that story, though. Yeah, I've heard There's a new one. You have not. I have to. You're a liar. I have to. You're a liar. <laughs> I'm not lying. When did you hear it? I don't remember. Well, I think it may have been on the Ricky podcast. Because no, I wasn't. remember we got. Okay. Because we get on the topic of like his terrible job that he hated with the, uh, how was it, bill collecting? <laughs> all that. I did oh, not yeah, tell do, that like, story okay. then. It may not have been, but I've heard the story before. Well, whatever. But it's okay. Whatever, man. Daniel. It's fine. I've heard all of them like a dozen times now, so it's fine. No, you haven't. But no, man. Like some, like some people just get off on being the power trip. I had a couple of bosses the same way. I had one boss who like literally stands out above the other ones when I worked at Euro Leather plant manager dude had a little man syndrome like you wouldn't believe he would call a meeting just to scream and cuss at one person in front of his peers and then have everybody go back like dude was just such a dickhead and you know i uh, went from being the samples manager like running all the leather samples cutting out the dyes things like that <clears throat> to uh, he said it he said it things like that but i will give you credit you didn't say things like that yeah. you, you said things like that like, there's a difference. Okay. Anyways, back to my story. Yeah, back to your story. Yeah. <clears throat> so I went from that to being the tannery chemical tech. So I would mix up all the pigments and uh, dyes, binders, for rubbing the leathers because we did some in-house hand rubs. And it was literally like he put me in that position just to be the fall guy. <laughs> so <laughs> every time something went wrong, whether it was in what was on the piece of paper or like the crust came in more yellow than the red that it was supposed to be, whatever it was, he had somebody yell at, you know? And like, I mean, that was a cushiony job for me from the get go. Like I would come in hungover, sometimes still drunk, like 15 minutes late religiously. Boss loved me. Every time. Yeah. (laughs) The boss loved me. I would literally go get his dry cleaning. If a customer needed to be picked up at the airport, I would drive his Porsche down the airport to get him, drive him back. When I was in samples, when I moved to the, uh, tannery chemical tech i didn't have those luxuries but so this was uh, 2010 2011 whenever the big textile layoffs were going on so we went through like three rounds of layoffs and i was still good came up to the fourth one and it was basically like look man like we're already running bare bones we've got johnny stenson who's another excellent martial artist he runs uh karate school with his sons over in Newton. Okay. Just excellent guy. But he was the head tim- the head tannery tech. Tannery chemical tech, excuse me. 
So they were like, dude, we've got Johnny here. Like, could you take a temporary layoff for the time being? I was like, yeah, man, you know, it's no problem. I've got no real bills. You know, I'm still young. I've got no problem with that. So I sign up and like they would bring me back in one or two days here and there. And this dude texts me Thanksgiving morning. Like, like we were closed for the week of Thanksgiving. But he chooses Thanksgiving morning to send me a text message. So I wake up, you know, 930. It's like, hey, you're permanently laid off. It's like, wow. Thanks, uh, guy. Yeah, you couldn't have, like, <laughs> called and broke it down easy. You're such a dick. You just wanted to shoot me a text message on Thanksgiving morning while I'm getting ready with the family. Like, that's an awesome job right there. But good news is, him being a dick set me up to get financial aid to go back to college to learn a trade. Went back to college, learned a trade, health and fitness science, and that got me where I am today. Here we are. Yeah. So, a very fun change of events. I've found... And and this it's a it's not a great way to look at life, but it but it does have its values. So, uh, I think it was um, Chael Sonnen that said on the on the Ultimate Fighter once he was like, "Violence isn't the answer, but it can be." Yeah. And so I don't you know I don't go around threatening every person that I know or whatever, but I will tell you. Being physically fit and being a martial artist and, you know, having a pretty pretty decent understanding, a, a better than average understanding of striking and grappling, mm-hmm. um, it gives you another level of, like, I don't know, I just look at, you know, if some boss is being a dickhead, I'm like, I think to myself, I'm like, if I decide to take your life with my bare hands, you're fucked. Like, you should be real careful. <laughs> I, you may, I, I'm not saying yeah. that everyone should think, but what mm-hmm. I'm saying is like, if the world were just like two or three ticks different, like you could, you could, well, even now with the world the way it is, you can mm-hmm. fuck around and, and say some, the wrong shit to the wrong person oh, yeah. and you can pay for that, like in a Definitely. real way. Yeah. And I, I don't advocate like just random violence, but what I am saying is that like violence could happen to you like like your yeah. actions and your your words have consequences and if you if you say the wrong shit to the wrong person or catch the right person on the wrong day or yeah. whatever oh, yeah. right like some bad shit could happen to you and if you ain't got the ass to back that up mm. like you should shut up right now you should quit being a dick oh, yeah. if you if you can't fight stop being a dick somebody gonna pull your card even if you can man there's gonna be somebody better well, for sure, like really but I'm just yeah. saying in law of averages, oh, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, there, you know, we know some of the baddest dudes in North Carolina. Mm. There are people who can beat those guys for sure. Yeah, but like, we'll take Ricky. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you don't know Ricky, and and you know, and he and you're his boss at yeah. Bank of America, your entire and, life. and and you're you're like going to go on some big tirade about he didn't make his quota or whatever, bro. Yeah. That dude can snatch the life out of you. You better be real he careful, can, man. But I mean, I see this a lot more. Uh, how do I say this? I see this a lot more between trained fighters, to where that doesn't really play a part because you know, like with Ricky, he understands. You know, like okay, I can drop most people in this situation but he also understands that hey there's some real consequences if i do drop this guy in this situation so for me it's always Ricky's been... probably the exception because there's a lot of a lot of dudes that didn't grow up that that grew up like in a, a not great environment yeah 
No. Now I don't I don't know much about Ricky's you know growing up, mm. but what I'm saying is, there are some people who are well trained who are also, you know they they you you can be a dick, but you got to pay that bill. Like yeah. they're they're yeah. like, hey, that ain't gonna work for me. <laughs> I can and I don't blame them. Yeah, I could too. I mean, I don't blame them for that either. I mean, you know, if somebody's being dickhead, they kind of need to be taught to not be a dickhead to people. But at the same time, like. I mean, even if you don't look at the legal ramifications, you think Ricky kicking some 50-year-old executive in the head is not going to kill that guy? It might. I mean, yeah, <laughs> very definitely. I know he's going out. <laughs> what his head hits on the way down could be the deciding factor. Well, the, the problem with that 50-year-old executive is that no one's ever pulled his card before. Oh, yeah. You know, he was he has he's been allowed to be this—, this yeah. This person, and it, you know, we're talking hypothetical. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. There's no one I, I think about this way, but I guess what I'm saying is like the the cult, the civil world that we live in today mm. is um, soft. Isn't the right word. It. No, it's a very soft. Well, soft is definitely the right word. Well, it's that. not the word I'm looking for. But gotcha. what all I'm trying to get at is that you know you you can't. Our culture doesn't dictate. It's not okay to just smack the taste out of somebody's mouth for saying something yeah. shitty, which, I mean, it kind of maybe should should be more towards that. I mean, for me, yeah, people would have a lot more manners. Well, definitely. but then the but then the other side to that is that like you know some other people would take advantage of that and they would just be, you know, jacking dudes up yeah. for like no reason. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's always gonna be a give and take, man. My yeah. my experience in New York taught me that uh there's a lot of a lot of big mouths in new york mm. there ain't as many folks willing to back that shit up like mm. there's a like all the bums are real mouthy you know they're like man you know they always got something to say yeah. and you're like cool well, i'll just punch you in the face and they're like oh well and then they go, go fuck with somebody else you know <laughs> they don't they ain't trying to get in your face they're like oh yeah. that guy he's serious let me let me let me there's 11 million more people in this city. Yeah. Let me go find someone that's not going to jack me up, you know? Mm. I mean, were you there when uh, when Jerry got that money stolen and and then, and then the, the guy came down the... I was on the trip, but I didn't see the altercation. Um, I, mean, I was walking ahead of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell the listeners, oh, this, God, this was pretty funny. So one of our first... That was the second time... Jerry got pickpocketed, right? No. <laughs> he got pickpocketed or conned or something. It was the first time. We hadn't even got to the hotel yet. Oh, okay. We hadn't even got gotcha, to the gotcha. Airbnb. Okay. Yeah. So um, several of us went to New York on a trip to Henzo's, uh, yeah, I don't know, several years ago. I don't I don't remember. We've, I've been many times, so I don't. Yeah. it's hard to distinguish which trip is which. But So uh, one of my former students, Jerry, RIP. Um, RIP, Jerry. Shink. One, one for my homies. So uh, we we flew there, got off the plane, and you know Jerry's a, a really quiet, polite, just gentle giant. He's just the nicest guy you ever met. And so we got off the plane, and we took a like a some sort of bus or something to to like a, a subway access point, and then we were going to take the subway to wherever we had to go. And I don't remember exactly where it was at. So we you know go down the stairs, and there's a if you've never been on a subway in New York, there's almost always like a, um, it's called the MTA, the Metro Transit Association, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. 
Uh, is that right? I don't. That's where you get the metro card. Yeah. The little, yeah. So, so you need a, a card. You have to take money and put it in a machine and change it in onto this card so you can get on the subway. Well, Jerry needed change for a fifty or twenty or something. I don't remember what it was, and he didn't want to put a twenty in the machine. So there was this guy standing beside of the of the little counter where the MTA employees sit, and Jerry goes to walk up to the to the little glass enclosure. And the guy standing beside it, and he had a uniform on. He, you know, I didn't look like an MTA uniform, but he had like a uniform of yeah. some sort. And the guy's like, "Hey, man, you need change?" And Jerry's like, "Yeah." So Jerry hands the man a twenty, and the guy hands him back like a whole bunch of random money. Like it's like a, you know, a five and you know seven ones and some quarters and <laughs> but but he basically shit Jerry out of like twelve bucks basically. Yeah. So, so I walk up, and Jerry's got this look on his face. He's like, that motherfucker just shit me out of money. Well, the guy's gone. Like, he's just gone. Like, I don't, oh, shit. he just, he was, he, he was like, cool, made 10 bucks. I'm out, right? And I'm like, God, you know, I'm all mad about it. Because yeah. I'd been there several times and knew that there were cons like this going on. Yeah. And so I'm like pissed, you know. So Jerry puts his money in the machine and, you know, gets a card. And we, we both, uh, some of our teammates had already went down to the platform, so we get down to the platform and this, and this guy is like trying to hustle some of our members for money. I don't, I don't even know what his hustle was. He was, mm. you know, Hey, let me hold a dollar or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, I thought that that was the guy. So I'm already heated. Right. <laughs> so there's like six of my teammates standing on this platform. Here's this guy being all loud, trying to, you know, intimidate people into giving them money. Mm. And then here comes like three or four of us that were kind of lagging. So now there's, you know, 10 or 12 of us standing on this platform. Yeah. And this guy's starting to get loud. And and so TC had told him, he was like, hey, buddy, we're not interested. Go away, basically. Yeah. He, you know, TC's a very polite guy. And so the guy starts getting loud at TC, which is funny because, like, you know, there's a, a platform of people that could kill you with their bare hands, yeah. like standing here. And this guy's just, you know, big and blustering and being loud and obnoxious. And he's like, I'm from the streets. I'll knock your ass out. And he just, I mean, he just on yeah. and on and on. So I have decided that the only solution to this is to just crack this guy in the face real hard. <laughs> and so I had started like cutting an angle on him, like on the outside of the kind of the, the group. I was just going to clock him. <laughs> I, mean, I was so mad at him for Jack and Jerry that I was just going to yeah. clock him. So, um, the guy like decides it's not wise to stand and argue with this group. Cause we're not backing down yeah. and he like turns around. He sees me. He's like, what you trying to do? I was like, did you jack my man's money? And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. He starts getting all mad and stuff. I was yeah. like, uh, man, I'm, I'm, we're going to fight. And he, he just, he kept up with his crazy shit, but he just did it walking, just going the <laughs> other way. You know, he's like, man, I'll kick your ass as he's like basically running away. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was on that trip then. And then Jerry was like, that. that's not him. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm about to assault this guy. That ain't yeah. even the right guy, you know. Uh, I'm so dumb. Yeah. I mean, I mean, shit happens. And what's the odds that you run into two of those that close? Together? Well, I mean, well, in New York, the odds are really high. Oh, wow. but but you know, this is like my second trip there, so I didn't know. You know, I mean, there's somebody yeah. everywhere trying to get you for something. See, dude, I didn't see much of that. The only one that us, the only like weird thing basically that i saw was the night we went to uh i was at town square no time, time square, square yeah. jesus how can you Dude, be this I don't like New York. i mean yeah it just 
Times Square. The night we went out there, I was uh, walking around with Jordan all the time. I mean, Jordan, she's like a basically a GPS a guide, herself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like we're standing there talking to him, and I don't remember who was shopping. We were waiting on them to buy some artwork or something off of one of the street vendors. This dude literally just came by and was like, anybody looking for weed? Anybody looking for weed? And I was like, what in the world is going on here? And then Jordan, like, elbowed me. She's like, he's probably an undercover cop. I was like, really? They just go by screaming stuff? She's like, yeah, they do whatever they have to up here. I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then literally five foot down through there, all you smell is weed. I'm like, you sure? Well, she don't know. I mean, she's just saying maybe. He might have been a cop. Might not have been. Man, to be I, openly like just shouting oh, at like, thousands listen, of people on the street. It, I've been walking and I've been like, "Damn, it smells like pot." Yeah. And there'll be a cop behind me, and then like four, you know, four people in front of me. There's like a a business person smoking a, yeah. um, like a vape, you know, like a, yeah. a weed vape. And you're like, "Oh, well, that's that's where it's coming from." And then the, and then the cop, he just doesn't like care. Screw He's got yeah. better shit to do. Yeah. You know, he's not. Oh, go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. That wasn't the weirdest thing I saw. Did you see the street performance? The I've seen dude? many. Okay. So <laughs> on the way, this that's what got me thinking about this. So on the way back to the uh, apartment, Airbnb, whatever you want to call it, that we were staying in, there was like this dude who was, I don't know, my height, maybe 300 pounds, <laughs> basically in a banana hammock with plastic chains around his neck. Like he was standing in front of a window. Okay. His back was to the street. Back was to us, all the stuff. There's like scaffolding, like it was a weird thing. But he has back to the street and he was in this banana hammock and he had this like strobe light in front of him to where you could see his reflection in the window. And he was literally just like plastic chains dancing with a mask on. (laughs) (laughs) It was the most insane thing I'd ever seen. I was talking to the guys that we went with. I don't, uh, some of TC students, I don't remember their name. And Jordan was with me and like we were just hypnotized by this because this dude was literally every bit of 120 pounds overweight for his frame in a banana hammock with chains around his neck just like dancing with a mask on in front of the window i didn't see a tip jar i didn't see anything <laughs> he was just dancing he, was just he wasn't out. yeah <laughs> he wasn't looking for money yeah. uh that same trip that uh jerry got i don't know i don't know what you call that scam but uh that that yeah. same trip we were going to take this shuttle from what is essentially um, like 8th and 32nd, which is like right in front of uh, Madison Square Garden, hmm. to the airport. <clears throat> and it's it's there, you know, like it's a very, uh, we've been there many times and, you know, we always take the same shuttle. You know where it's going to be. You know where the line is. Like it's a pretty consistent thing. Yes. I w- this was a different trip. I was on this one because we were meeting right outside the Quiznos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So, uh, so were you there when the guy stole his luggage? Yeah, okay. <laughs> or tried to steal his luggage. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. we're you have to buy a ticket. For those of you, for the uninitiated, you have to buy a ticket um, to get on this bus. But the ticket, there's a lady or there's a person standing there with a weird machine around their neck, and they swipe your card and then print you a receipt, and then they print you a ticket. It's very, very complex. It's like yeah. – I don't know. It seemed like there feels like there could be an easier way to do yeah. that, but they. So, uh, while while Jerry's getting the ticket, uh, this guy walks up and he was like, uh, "You know, I'll take your bag." And so Jerry's like, "Cool." He hands the guy's bag, and you, and you assume that person who's going to take your, especially if you're from North Carolina, you think that person is going to take the bag and put it in the bus and take care of it. And now yeah. it's good. Yeah. So the 
the lady who's taking Jerry's money, who who does actually work for the bus, goes, "Did that man take your money or take your uh your luggage?" Jerry's like, "Yeah." She's like, "You better get your luggage." <laughs> and Jerry's like, "What?" And by this time, I was like, "Oh, that dude just jacked my friend's luggage." <laughs> so I run his ass down. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you better give me that fucking luggage back. And he's like, oh, oh, uh, uh, I'm sorry. And dude barely spoke any English. I think he yeah. was like Indian or maybe Middle Eastern or something. I don't really know. Hmm. And so, I mean, I was I was pissed. Jerry's my man, you know? Like, yeah. you can't be jacking my man's yeah. luggage. So uh, the dude, I like, I was like, give me that luggage back now. And he like kind of sheepishly like hands it over. And then this was the thing that got me. This is This is how New York this story is. After I caught him trying to steal my friend's luggage and forced him to give me back the luggage, he stuck his hand out for a tip. <laughs> and I, I just cussed this dude. I was like, you better get out of here. I, he goes running off into the fucking... I was like, what What kind of crazy place is this? Like, you have to watch everything 100% of the time. And yeah. mm. If I were on a subway, i put my wallet in my front pocket. If I were... I, like, never... There are many times I had my earphones in. I wasn't wasn't shit playing. Yeah. I just didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't. Yeah. I wanted to hear what was going on. Yeah. But like, I didn't. I, you know, it's an interesting place. But I've also made some really good friends there. Like it's it's yeah. such an odd. It is, man. But like I said before, I can handle it once every couple of years, and that's about it. I just can't do it. I can't sleep while I'm up there. It's just crazy. I. Everything's so bright and so loud. <laughs> it is loud. It's just insane, man. <laughs> it is very loud. Yeah. I had a, uh, the first apartment I lived in wasn't very loud, but the second one was just mm. exhausting. I, ne- I didn't get any sleep for a month. Yeah. I did luck out and uh, <laughs> I got a, a gig, uh, house and dog sitting for this lady who's just ultra rich. I mean, yeah. just super rich. And she had a, a penthouse in the East Village. Uh, and like, I didn't realize how how loaded she was because mm. she's a very nice lady and just treated yeah. me, you know, like a good. She was a good person. Yeah, paid me well and you know just. I didn't realize how 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 well I had it. I walked past the building and, and the building is uh, new. The yeah. building isn't new, but the idea of like putting these penthouses and condos in this building is new. Yeah. And it said now leasing penthouses starting at eight point two million dollars. Starting at. And she lived in the top floor, the entire top floor. So how much was her two-story penthouse that had roof access? And like, I mean, it was, I was like, well, okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> She's like, just eat anything in the house. And there's like, I mean, anything you want was in there. She's like, yeah. if you want pizza, just here's the number. Just tell them to charge it to me. I mean, it was just like, all I had to do was just hang out with her dog. I mean, it was a great gig. It was the only time I actually got sleep. Was that it's like a pain in the ass taking him down the elevator? It wasn't. Shit, the dogs there are trained. I mean, you know, when they grow up there, they're like, yeah. well, you know, can't can't piss in the elevator. Got to wait till they get oh, to the street. Okay. Know? I mean, they we mammals in general have a knack for surviving and yeah. like understanding our environment. Yeah. And well, I just meant like the time requirement to take it out. Like, did you have to go to a grassy area or did you just no nah, dogs just shit on the sidewalk there? Oh, okay. You just have to pick it up. Well, you should pick it up. Should. Yeah, I did. M- many people don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was just you just walk it around the block. It'll pee where it's supposed to and shit where it's supposed to, and you pick it up. 
if it pisses, you just leave it. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. it rains and washes. Yeah. Piss down the gutter. <laughs> it's an interesting place, man. <laughs> it's a very interesting place. I surely did enjoy my time at uh, at that really nice condo. I, I spent four days there. Yeah. And then, um, and then my friend Dana was going out of town, like literally the day that uh, my friend May was coming back, and uh, I I ended up staying at Dana's apartment on Fifth Avenue, which mm. is like, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue. It's like literally a block from the uh, Flatiron Building. It's like prime. I don't think I made it down that far. You went to Dana's. Remember. I didn't go to Dan's. Uh, Billy no, went to Dan's. Yeah, Billy That's went right. Yeah. Well, it's a very nice place in a very nice building, very close to Henzo's. Um, okay. And so, like... So how far was it from, like, the Airbnb that we were at? I don't remember. I mean, y'all just walked there, right? Well, yeah, yeah. You, I, we've stayed in so many different Airbnbs, but the one that I remember, it's not very far from there. Okay, gotcha. It's not, I don't think it's far from any of them except for the first one that I went to. The first trip we went to TC, or when the first trip that I went to, which mm. I think was the second trip that TC had arranged yeah. as a group, TC got a place on 52nd and 6th. No, nah, I wasn't that far up. And I it think was we were 20 on. blocks. Like, it was a yeah. it, it was a, a, a very long walk to Henzo's. I won't say the place we stayed at was like 28th. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, I think, four or five blocks from Henzo's. Yeah. It was a good experience. <clears throat> it was pretty cool to spend the last two weeks of my 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 trip there staying in multi million dollar facilities <laughs> so, all to myself and <laughs> just being like, Yeah, I'm a baller. Just kidding. I've got like eleven dollars <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> I hope they pay me for babysitting their dogs so I can buy lunch tomorrow. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. All right. So what's the plan for Phoenix? Uh well, I We'll have to look at, or I'll have to see what the governor's plan or recommendation is or whatever. Mm. Um, but officially, Phoenix is going to follow the state-mandated state mandated guidelines to the letter. That's a great plan. <laughs> officially. Yes. And then, uh, you know, hopefully we get back to, to training as soon as possible. And uh, I, gotcha. I really miss strangling people. A lot, like a whole lot. I know what you mean there. But I think uh, for salons, gyms, and the like, the 24th is when that phase goes in. I think Cooper kind of made his own phases off the recommendations (laughs) of the federal phase. Yeah. So they're supposed to be opening uh, the 24th as of now. You know, I mean, that could change tomorrow. So we'll just have to see. Well, I Mm. think – for me personally, from mm-hmm. from my own personal, and I'm not trying to tell anybody else how to live their life, but I'm just going back to to doing what I do. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I haven't worn a mask a single time. I'm mask or dumb. I'm, I'm gonna not lick the door handles. I'm gonna wash my hands. You know, just all the shit I was doing beforehand. Yeah. And and here's the thing. Even with as psycho as I am about hygiene, mm-hmm. I, I had the flu twice last year. And I, I believe, and I, I don't know for sure, but, you know, everybody says this. I believe I had the coronavirus in January. Yeah. I, I, I had a flu that couldn't be shook for mm. two weeks. I didn't get out of bed. My, I felt like I'd been run over by a truck. Yeah. I mean, I, I felt terrible. I mean, there's a gang of people who were, um, so what, you said January? January. It was, okay. January. Yeah. It, it was late January, I'm pretty sure. 
Okay. So, I mean, there's a gang of people who have already tested positive for the antibodies. You know, Tom DeBlas was right. one of the big ones in the jiu-jitsu community, but there's been a lot of other ones who have. And, like, you know, it's shown that it was here way before they thought it was here. Oh, for sure. Well— And by they, you know, obviously. Yeah. I mean, CDC, who, all those guys. Well, it'd be—especially with the way we travel today, it'd be real hard to keep anything isolated. Yeah. Just be, I mean, you know, if one person gets mm. this, this virus on their hand— gets on an airplane, the person beside of them, you know, like maybe they have, like, let's say you're coming from China and you, you have this virus, Mm -hmm. you are contaminated somewhere, but you are not a carrier, right? Like, so you are not contaminated. Like, like you don't have the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. but it has found its way onto your luggage or your hands or whatever. Right. Like the movie contagion. I don't know. I haven't seen that movie, but like you sit down on a plane you get to Munich to hit your layover. You get on that plane. The guy beside of you is from Australia. I'm just throwing out yeah. bullshit. I don't know. You touch the, the handrail. That guy touches it, touches his face. Now, he's got the coronavirus. He's landing in Los Angeles. That dude ain't even been to China. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shit can... It, with the way that we travel now, mm-hmm. it could it could be across the the planet in three days yeah so just unlikely to think that we could ever contain anything like that you just can't you just can't contain it no it's impossible it's not rational yeah whatever i don't care daniel are you done i mean hopefully we're past most of it i don't done with what the podcast yeah i've been done with this shit yeah Yeah. you're dicking around with your phone and whatever (laughs) i'm not dicking around my phone i checked it one time silver fox actually messaged me so oh now who's bragging now what'd he say (laughs) I don't know. I didn't check it. I just saw a silver <laughs> box. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, we. But yeah, man. So back to normal as soon as possible. Um, sooner if we can. <laughs> we'll see. Sooner than later. That's yeah. my. That's my strategy. That's it, man. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation. It feels weird mm-hmm. just being me and you. Like we almost always have a oh, guest. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I like it. I like. It. I, I, like I said, I thought we should have done one when we went to Burlington. I, well, you know, like you had the out. phone. <laughs> I asked you, I don't know how many times. Hey, you all go ahead and do it. No, it's okay. You asked me once. You're mm-hmm. a dick. Okay. I asked you once on the way back. Cause <laughs> on the way there, I was trying to wake up. <laughs> <sighs> this is what I have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah, you'll be fine. Well, so tell us all your things. Promote your stuff. What mm-hmm. do you got going on? Um, nothing I want to promote right now. I've got some things in the works, but that's going to be on future podcasts. Cool. I ain't got yeah. shit. I'm just hoping, uh, hoping we get back to doing some jujitsu, and uh, I don't know. That's about it. Mostly follow us on Instagram at Phoenix dot Jujitsu. Is dot yeah Phoenix yeah it is the dot Phoenix dot Jujitsu. Uh, Phoenix Jujitsu on Facebook. Mm, that's it. That's all we got. Like, yeah. uh, try to treat each other good and. Uh, Hopefully we get back to normal in the very, very, very near future. Yes, so, for everybody. Yep, I'm All stoked. Right. We're going. We're going to do the thing. Oh, oh, wait a minute. We haven't no, talked. We, yeah, we haven't. Yeah. No, we haven't talked shit about William Johnson yet. Oh my god. I would like it okay. noted that I have invited William Johnson to this podcast. Good. I've got a ton of questions for that man. You, you know, here's the thing. He's never coming. He's, <laughs> he's never going to come. Nice. <laughs> I was like, so when you coming to be on a podcast? I don't know. And then that was it. And I was like, cool, good talk. 
and then no reply. Yeah. So basically, we can talk shit about William Johnson indefinitely. He'll never come on a podcast, maybe. And uh, I haven't. I don't really have. I'm out of William Johnson stories. I need. I need more time with William Johnson, <laughs> so I can get better Create William Johnson stories. stories. Gotcha. Um, I'm not promoting anything other than just be be good to each other and try to get jujitsu going again. Mm-hmm. Make jujitsu great again. I would vote slogan. for that. Like whatever that whoever man, we need a candidate that's just like, yo, let's let's make jujitsu great again. Hmm. We just need a viable candidate. How about that? Let's just do small steps. What if it was me? No. What? No. Because they're gonna look through your background and be like, oh, <laughs> no. Can't Who's do that. they? <laughs> Who are these they that we're talking about? Whoever you're running against. <laughs> the difference yeah. is instead of trying to hide it, I'll just look him right in the face and be like, Yep, did that shit. <laughs> hey, we had a guy who did that. <laughs> Worked for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, if you made it this far in this one, then please go give us five star review because you're a super fan. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, check us out on Facebook. All that fun stuff. We're uh, still kind of getting things aligned. That's all I can say for now. But, um, yeah, hope to talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll have another guest next week. If not, too bad. It'll just be me and Jason. <laughs> I think that's the first time you've ever called me Jason, by the way. It's all I think weird. it is, too. It felt weird. I ain't going to lie. I don't know where it came from. And it felt weird when I said it. Very few people call me. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So Anyways. we're out. Okay, yep. bye. Bye. bye.